0: Hail and well met, all you nerds out in the autumnal hinterlands. Rock here, and it's now Halloween season. And as Max is in the old country right now, being a running fool, I figured I'd tell you all a few more terrifying tales from my clan. Now, as all of our old school readers know, I grew up in South Texas. Victoria, to be precise. Down a street and in a house that had more than a few odd things going on. From lechuzas on the roof to a lady in white crossing the halls at odd times and cups rolling in circles by themselves on tables, well, y'all, let's just say it could be quite the adventure for a latchkey kid growing up in the good old 80s. Like, I'd get home before everyone, rock the homework, get in some Thundercats and G.I. Joe and Transformers before heading to the mythical land known as Outside. That said, every so often I'd hear unexplainable sounds in the house doors slamming in the kitchen, footsteps. And when that happened, well, I'd have a look around and I always found nothing. And if it really scared me, which on occasion it did, I'd finish my homework outside until an adult came home, or one of my older siblings. Like Max and I say, we're keyboard warriors, y'all. Now that we've got that little bit of background behind us, on to the stories. friend of my pops was a butcher. Now let's call this guy Jim. Not his real name, y'all, but his name's not important to the story. Nah, what's important is Jim's house, which was also where he ran his business. I know, I know, you're probably thinking, how could you run a butcher shop out of your house? Well, it was simple. He did all of his butchering in a large shed behind his main house and sold the meats out the front of his house. This was back in the day, you know? And he lived alone, as one might expect, lifelong bachelor and all that. I'm not quite sure how long a partner would put up with that stench behind the house. And gang, I can tell you that the shed in the back of that house—well, it really stunk. He'd spray all the blood and whatnot down drains in the backyard. That said, oof, it was rough back there, especially during the summer. I know. So one day, Jim left, just closed down his home slash business, just peaced out and moved to Houston. Well, needless to say, my dad was surprised, and since this was decades before the advent of social media, when it was harder to find people if they up and moved, yeah, he had no clue where he went, and suffice to say, it was years before Pops found out why his friend moved, but they eventually ran into each other again, and this is the story. Jim's business was good, and he enjoyed what he did. His abuelo was a butcher as well, so it kind of ran in his family. Now Jim had a routine that he followed. And again, this was way back in the day, and he had a local farmer that he got his stock from, mainly pigs. So Jim would get the pigs in, butcher them, clean them, clean up, get them in the coolers, make sausages, all that stuff, clean the shed, and then he'd open his shop. And he did this for years. So, after one busy day, Jim closes shop and retires to his house, which as we know was attached to the business. Jim tells Pops that he showered up, had some dinner, turned on the TV to watch some baseball. I like to think he popped open a brewski and kicked his feet up after his chorizo dinner. Now, get this, y'all. Jim is relaxing, watching America's pastime back in the day on the boob tube when he hears what he thinks are footsteps in the dark hallway behind him. Not soft footsteps, but hard footsteps. Said he heard clicking sounds like a hard shoe or boot was walking across his hardwood floors. Hello? He called out. The noise stopped and seemed to retreat back down the hallway. Jim said it sounded like running all of a sudden, like a lot of small hard steps. So he jumps out of his chair and races down the hall to confront what he thought was a burglar. Nothing, nada. He throws on all the lights, checks the room, Under beds, nothing. Checks the locks. Nothing is amiss, gang. He's locked up tight. So nothing goes on for the rest of the night. But the next night, it happens again. Lots of little hard steps running down his hallway. And it happens more than once the next night. Again, same thing. And Jim cannot find anything wrong. Now this guy, according to my dad, wasn't a believer in anything paranormal. He was convinced that there was a rational reason for what he was hearing. So several nights later, Jim told my dad he was asleep, but having horrible dreams, like small dark shapes pursuing him through the house, like he's being chased. And in his dream, the sound that he's hearing is the same sound that he's been hearing while he's awake in his house. So Jim wakes up in a cold sweat, y'all know what I'm talking about, you know, when you claw your way out of a bad dream. Yeah, in that state. But, as Jim's eyes adjust to the darkness, he begins making out small shapes in front of his bedroom door, the door that opens up into his hallway. Now as Jim's eyes adjust even more, he realizes to his horror that the shapes he sees are pigs. And the noises he was hearing in his dreams and in his hallway, well he's hearing them now. And he realizes that what he thought were hard shoes or boots were actually the sounds of the pig's hooves on his floor as they stand there, watching Jim in his bed with what he said were glowing red eyes just boring into his soul. Now according to the butcher, they watched him for several seconds again glaring at him, grunting, (coughs) with their hooves making that noise on the floor, before fading away. Jim literally left his house the next day, left all his belongings there his business. He eventually sold his house and moved to Houston with his brother, who worked in construction. No more being a butcher for Jim. So thoughts? There are many tales of animal spirits coming back. We've all heard the stories of cats and dogs coming back to say a final goodbye and let us know they're okay across the Rainbow Bridge. But pigs coming back to confront the guy that butchered them? Damn. That's almost enough to make a person go vegan. Almost, because bacon, y'all. Bacon. All right, party people. Now that story always scared me. I think it's a whole hooves clicking on the floor thing, that sound that got me. I wonder what would have happened if Jim hadn't left. We always say listen to your gut, right? Like listen to that sixth sense. But I wonder what would have happened if Jim stayed. But you know, he did. He listened and he got the hell out of his house. It was haunted and he sold it. Personally, I would have just rolled out of the premises just like him. Especially if you have hogs from hell staring you down in your dreams. (laughs) Hi, time to exit stage left. And now everybody? On to the next. Now, our family land, before we lost it, was both wonderful and scary. To a kid gazing over those acres covered with South Texas grub brush, mesquite, pecan trees, and the lemon trees planted near our house, Like I said, man, it was a magical place. During the day. During the day, it was welcoming and bright. But once night fell. Yeah, you guessed it. Your boys stayed the hell out of those woods. My dad and my older brothers would often go hunt at night, Or leave so damn early in the morning, it might as well have been night. And as we've talked about before, gang, night changes everything. And the whole vibe of our land went from magical to menacing. Now this story takes place on a bridge around nightfall, an old country bridge very near our land outside of Victoria, Texas. So one evening after day on the ranch working, my dad and my two uncles were heading back into town. And gang, this was nothing new, they did it all of the time and they knew the back roads really well. But as my dad pulls up to the bridge, there's an old white horse blocking the way, just staring at them as it stood smack dab in the middle of that bridge. Pops honks a horn, The horse stares, honks again, nothing. So, they don't want to hurt the horse, you know, they don't want it to back off the bridge, and the is familiar with horses, so my uncle hops out of the truck and begins walking over to the horse, calling out softly, and the horse begins backing away slowly. So uncle doesn't want to spook it, so he continues making his way towards the animal who keeps backing away, staying just out of his reach, which is good because now my dad is inching the truck across the bridge, right? So the horse continues backing up, never letting my uncle touch her. So my uncle shrugs and just hops in the back of the truck, which is again going like three miles an hour across the bridge. So the horse stops at the other end of the bridge and again just stares at them. Then they feel a weight, as if something just jumped in the bed of my dad's old Ford F-100. So he steps on the brakes and he and both of my uncles all turn around and look back into the bed of the truck. In the bed of the truck is a kid, like a young boy dressed up in old style clothing. And get this y'all, he is soaking wet, and he has this mad grin on his small face. Well, my dad sees it, and he guns it, but as they whip their heads around, the horse is gone. And gang, I know this bridge pretty damn well myself. And there was simply no place for the horse to go, it was open space after the bridge. The horse just vanished, ghosted up out of there. But as I said, Pops guns it, they speed across the bridge, and as they exit the bridge like get on land, my uncles, who were both staring at this kid in the back of the truck, they swear the little boy just fades away in front of them as they cross the bridge. Like as soon as they are getting off the bridge, the kid just disappeared. Needless to say, they didn't waste any time when they got the hell out of their gang. So the family makes it back home safe and sound and with a pretty good story. Now had they been drinking, I'm sure they had a couple, but not enough for a mass hallucination. And the thing is, they and myself, traveled that road over and over again. We crossed that bridge literally hundreds of times before and after, and we never encountered that phantom boy or horse again. Now the question is this, what exactly did they encounter? How were the boy and the horse connected? Could the horse have thrown the boy into the creek? Could the boy have drowned? Could they both have drowned? Is that why he was dripping wet in the back of my dad's truck? Who's to say? Questions, 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 y'all. Personally, I think both the horse and the young boy were sad shades, phantoms of a tragedy that happened long past, and I figure my family crossed that bridge at the right time and space for their paths to cross. Just a thought. Well... Hope you little nightmares and daydreamers out there enjoy this episode of Rock's Tales. If so, please let us know on the socials and please keep sending us your stories. You can submit your stories by emailing us at nightmarespodcast at gmail.com or heading over to our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net. Scroll on down, see the wolves, and holler at your boys. And as we always say, please share the pod, gang. Don't cost you nothing and means a lot. And please grant us the boon of the sacred and mythical five-star review. So, ladies and gentlemen, have no worries. Max will be back next week. And as always, be good to each other and sweet dreams.